Politics are stressful right now, and there are much better ways for conservatives to spend their days than to see what mood Joe Manchin might be in. I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch Podcast, and you'll get the day's good, bad, and crazy news with some laughs on the side. Subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs, and apparel, all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest-grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences, and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family? Be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran-founded and run, Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving coffee and culture to people who love America, and each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee, and apparel in time for the holidays. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. And one more thing, Haley, I would emphasize is I think... um, more broadly, in terms of you know soldiers coming from um, marginalized communities or you know demographics that are not widely represented in the army, that's part of why we've got to emphasize positive command climates and inclusion. You know we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people, um, but. First of all, I would say if, if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country or overseas when I go and visit. But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and we've got to make them all feel included. And that's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are important. That is... Goodness, that is Christine Warmuth, who is the Army Secretary, and explaining that she just doesn't understand what woke means. Welcome back to the program. You are lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash, here with you, top of our third hour this Tuesday. Let me tell you something. One of my sons is about to turn 18, and like clockwork, right ahead of his birthday, he gets the notice from Selective Service. Just FYI, you know, you're going to be getting your selective service card. And here's a reminder, if you don't fill out your selective service, your draft card, oh, you're going to be in so much trouble. It's a crime. You could be fine, go to jail, all, oh, it's so bad. When I hear Christine Warmoth talk about inclusion, there's only one, there's only one type of a soldier that gets the draft card. There's only one type. And there's only one type of soldier that gets in trouble for not filling out the draft card. I mean, there are major consequences. Now, people say, oh, there's not going to be. It would require an act of Congress to reinstate the draft. Well, just so you know, Chuck Schumer's always supported it. And I remember back in the early aughts, that was a bill here after the war on terror that they were looking at bringing back out. So, yeah, they've always been very excited about it. And don't think that War, Inc. 
doesn't love that idea. There are serious consequences. I mean, criminal penalties, civil penalties. And then you have the army secretary talking about inclusion. This is not the military, and I hear this from people who served. And so my opinion on this is largely, to be frank, formed by two things. What I see, the wokery in the military that I see, and what I hear from my friends who served and my family who served. It's very different. I have, I have friends who say I got out right at the time. I have a number of friends who were Navy SEALs, who were uh, Army Rangers, and they, they're all like, oh, we got out right at the time that it was good because things are changing. I cannot tell you how many times I hear that. There, is, there are no exceptions, and I've asked even. I'm like, surely, am I just being too harsh? Because when I was growing up, you know, service in the military, I mean, that was, it's the military. You know, we grow up as kids and we, we, we grow up with these institutions. And when you're a kid, you think that the adults know better and that surely institutions can't be corrupted. And then as you get older, you realize that that's not the case. And then as you get older, it's not about being jaded. It's about the reality that doesn't make you cynical. It just proves some of your suspicions to be true. I mean, case in point here, the first week in office, Joe Biden immediately had this ban reversal on transgender service members. Here's, I I, I don't care what your opinion is of who someone sleeps with or how they want to identify. I don't care what people do. I don't care what their sexual preference is. I don't care how they identify. The only thing I care about is are you going to be able to, to get over yourself enough to be a part of a fighting force. Because this, this obsession with self-expression is not, that's not what the military is about. The military is exclusive for a reason and they have health discrimination. They have, I don't even, discrimination is not even the right word. Like if you're flat-footed, I mean, you used to be stricken off consideration just to be flat-footed because they would look at your you know is are you gonna do you have a chance of hurting your ankle could you actually be a burden in the field or you know etc etc all of these things I go back to that whole scene from uh, Zack Snyder's 300 and when you had the military I wrote I think I've written about this before because it gets into the the, the whole battle of Thermopylae and how you had the betrayal of Leonidas before the battle of Thermopylae by this, this one individual who was not able to be the warfighter that Leonidas needed. And as a result, he was making it about him instead of about his country. And he ended up betraying the 300. I don't want confusion in the battlefield. I don't care about anything, anything of that nature in the battlefield. And for the Army Secretary to say, I have no idea what woke is. I mean, I'm looking at a tweet from the U.S. Air Force, March 31st, 2022. Today is Trans Day of Visibility. Check out Undersecretary Air Force Jones. Talk with Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram, the highest ranking openly transgender Department of Defense officer. Blah, blah, blah. The first thing 
that Biden did. First week in office, reverse that, reverse the regulations on transgender service members. Then you had the vaccine mandate, forcing people to get, forcing our soldiers to get an injection that didn't do what they said it did. Then the Navy came out with a video talking about preferred pronouns, an instruction video about preferred pronouns in the Navy. And then you had all of these branches. Oh, we're going to celebrate this month and that month and Pride Month and all of this. Then you had the issue of taxpayer-funded gender reassignment surgeries and treatments within the military. Military drag shows for families. And then service members who were triggered by uh, state laws on abortions, which, by the way, there were, again, there's no law that prohibits it for the life of the mother at all whatsoever, so don't. They could, they, compassionate reassignments so that you could be moved to an area that didn't hurt your feelings because of your uninformed political stance. This is what we're talking about. And to have the Army Secretary say, I don't know what woke means, why in the hell should any mother or father feel comfortable or confident about sending their child to serve in the military or have their husband serve or their wife serve or their parents serve under that kind of leadership? When the focus seems to be on everything but being a cohesive fighting force. When the focus seems to be on all of the things that divide instead of the things that unite, which is absolutely antithetical to creating a supreme fighting force. And that is the only job of the military. You don't know what woke is? You're a liar. It's degrading to the strength of the military. And it gets people killed. The only concern should be, do you want to live freely? Can you kick ass? Will you save your fellow soldier if you guys, things go sideways? Can you complete a mission? I don't care what your favorite color is. Doesn't matter what music you like. It doesn't matter who you're going to go to bed with. None of this stuff, all of this stuff is irrelevant to the questions asked. This isn't a social experiment. This is real life against real evil. You know, I keep thinking when we celebrate D-Day and you see those amazing photos of these boats as they're going to shore and these guys who are these soldiers who are just kind of hunkered down and they're at, they're of all ages there's some real young men in there and there's some older men those who are uh, have some seniority and they're approaching one of the beaches and they can't see everything out but we know what's coming because you know here in the future we have that benefit of knowing what they're going to face there in the past and then that door opens and they get to get out in that chest high water and get to, and just somehow not get obliterated when they get on to shore And looking at those photos, many of which were taken in that split second before that heavy metal door dropped and those soldiers had to get out. Do you think anyone cared what the other guy's favorite color was or who the other guy went to bed with or how, what pronouns the other guy wanted to use? 
probably it seemed that the concern would be how well the other guy could get to shore, whether he was physically capable of getting to shore, whether he was able to clear any kind of malfunction from his rifle, whether he was a good shot, what the weather conditions were. Can you see? I think that's probably what they were concerned about. I have no idea why they're even messing with Wokery. But for the Army Secretary, Christine Warmoth, to sit up there and say, well, we want everyone to feel included. I don't, not when it comes to the military. I want the people who can go and who want to be free and who can fight to be free and who put themselves second next behind the mission. That is who I want. And if people want to make it about themselves more so than the people with whom they serve and the mission that they're out to accomplish, then those people should be excluded. But you, we have to actually commit seppuku at the altar of political correctness and deny this. Because those are the new rules. That's compassionate, right? That's how it's defined. But it's interesting how compassionate compassionate uh, behavior and compassionate self isn't defined or noted its absence not noted by people who want to sacrifice others at their altar of vanity we have more to come that audio soundbite just made me angry i didn't mean to spend this much time on it but the more i talked about it and i did my son got a notice and i'm just like you know, if, it, if these were under any condition, different conditions, if this was, you know, the patent era, if we didn't have this kind of stuff going on, if I wasn't hearing from my friends who served, huh, but lots of them, all of them, it'd be one thing. But don't sit here and preach to me about inclusivity when you definitely don't practice it and when you treat people who have common sense as though they're the enemy. Don't even. It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of the major carriers so you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our god-given rights and freedoms visit patriotmobile.com dana or call their 100 percent u.s-based customer service team at 972 patriot if you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values support a company that does make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana. Or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So a man sues Texas Pete after learning that the Texas Pete hot sauce is not actually made in Texas. Apparently, the hot sauce actually originated at a North Carolina barbecue restaurant in 1929. And so that's caused a man named Philip White 
who purchased a $3 bottle of Texas Pete, has a label featuring a cowboy and all this. They say it looks like a stereotypically white Texas Lone Star reminiscent of the Texas flag at a Ralph's in L.A. He said he was relying upon the language and images on the label of the product, and he thought it was a Texas product. He's actually suing for this. So, I mean, you can read, you know, the back of the bottle where I'm sure it says it's made in North Carolina, but, I, you know, I don't know. That's just... It is kind of weird, though, that they call it Texas. Anyway, long story short. Uh, this is, you know, we were just talking about the wokery in the military. Transgender women, meaning men who identify as women, must sign up for the military draft under the Biden administration, according to this somewhat new policy. But trans men or women who identify as men, they get a pass because they're not actually men. Error. Yeah. So the women, even though a man says he's a woman, he still has to register for the draft. But the women who claim to be men do not because they're makes well makes sense. I mean, you know, science and all. Just you know, FYI, science is in, science is important. Uh, also, let's see, America's post-pandemic mental health mess in numbers. There is a 30-year high. You have suicides. Uh, there's a shortage. This is the other thing that gets me. A shortage of 30,000 psychiatrists. One in five endure mental illness. 90% say we've reached a crisis point. And that apparently when one in five say their mental health is only fair or poor, that figure leaps to 34% amongst adults, adults aged 30. And then half of young adults say they always or often felt anxious over the past year. And the U.S. could be short over 30,000 therapists within years. So that's... Well, it's going to get worse. And this is, and nobody wants to pay attention to the mental health crisis. So the World Wide Web 2.0. Chicago scientists build an unhackable quantum internet in their university basement closet. The computers send information as electronic pulses that are zeros or ones. But the new system would also use particles that can send both in combination. Scientists say it's impossible to hack because this corrupts the information. But so far, they can't send particles over long distances. Hey folks, Dana Lash here for Recoil Gunworks. Not only do they have competitive pricing, but right now they're giving all of you out there $20 off of any order of $100 or more. And that makes this a great time to stock up before the end of 2022. So visit recoilgunworks.com Dana and you can use promo code Dana to receive $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Now this offer is only good for a short time and Recoil Gunworks is your web-based firearms ammo and accessories retailer, family-owned. And of course, they think like you. They're really well-known for their uh, refurbishments, their police trading guns, all in great shape. And you can buy now, pay later with no interest. And I said they have competitive pricing. It's also incredibly easy to use. You can search by caliber, weight, application, and brand. Uh, and of course, they have ammo shipped right to your door where legal, including Illinois, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And you can check out the product restrictions page for further info on all of the state law restrictions. So visit Recoil Gunworks dot com slash Dana today. Get a full list of products and use promo code Dana to receive $20 off of any order of $100 or more. Whether you need it in the woods or on the range, Recoil Gunworks gets it there fast. Right now, get $20 off when you use promo code Dana on any $100 order or more at recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. That's recoilgunworks.com slash Dana. People have a right to be safe in their homes. They have a right for their property to be safe, even when part of their home may be torn away. And these looters, that's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. I would highly suggest that if a looter breaks into your home, comes into your home while you're there to steal stuff, 
that you take your gun and you shoot him. You shoot him so that he looks like grated cheese. Because you know what? That's one looter that won't break into anyone else's home and take advantage of them when they're the most vulnerable and the most weak. That's the Florida Sheriff, Grady Judd. We've had him on the program before, and he's so great. I love the shredded cheese or grated cheese part. Grated cheese over shredded. I love it. Welcome back to the program. They had problems. I can't, I still, I mean, you're always going to have looting and whenever you have situations like this, but the fact, I still am just galled at, at the reality that there are people who use these horrific circumstances that people find themselves in and they go out and they loot. They just, they continue to, they victimize people further after they were already victimized by the storm. It's just something else to behold. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon, starting your Monday off properly. And as we barrel towards all of the latest with midterms and we look at crime increasing, for instance, when you talk about uh, because there were some cases of illegal entrants that were apprehended who were apparently part of those who were looting in Florida. But in Vegas, the individual who went on the stabbing spree was someone else who entered the country illegally, killed two in the attack on Vegas showgirls, escaped a violent crime charge last year because the DA failed to prosecute in time. And that individual, the murderer, would have faced up to four years in jail had he been convicted because of a domestic violence charge. So he was charged, 32 years old, Yoni Christian Burrios, murdering two, tried to kill six more. This was on Thursday of last week. And so he came in illegally and would have been in jail, would have had a domestic violence case. But, you know, you had the L.A. District Attorney, Jackie Lacey, didn't bring it to trial in time, waited over a year. And then the judge threw out the case because it violated the state's speedy trial laws. So he was able to walk free. Unbelievable. You have corrupt district attorneys. You have the whole, the social, the the judicial rot of restorative justice. And people further are being victimized. Not just by the criminals themselves, but the laws are victimizing people. A few other things to hit. Some of the latest with Wokery. After all of the craziness with Vanderbilt University, and this wasn't the only university. Remember, there were some university hospitals and other non-university associated hospitals that had, they put this stuff on their web pages that they engaged in this type of, I don't want to say medicine, but this type of, I don't know what you would call it, where they would unnecessarily perform surgeries to remove women's breasts or their or in, or, his, or practice uh, uh, basically give them hysterectomies when they didn't need it when there was no health issue at all whatsoever that required it and one of those was in Tennessee of all places in Tennessee Vanderbilt University and they were performing the on youth you're talking I mean these are some these are minors some of these are minors Committing to that kind of permanent surge, uh, procedure is, I mean, it's just, it's kind of unbelievable. And they had this, the thing is, is they had that on their website. So it's not like 
you know, it's not like it wasn't something that we didn't, that was hidden. They had it on their website. They they spoke about it publicly. They were at lectures and and uh, different events. And every, I mean, it was pretty well, it was, you know, pretty well known. Everybody knew it. Everybody saw it. They talked about it. There was one on video and where they were discussing the uh, procedure and how they performed on, they performed it with uh, minors. And there's a video of that that's circulating. I don't know if we have it or not, uh, but it's circulating online. So Vanderbilt University, now they said they're pausing these surgeries. The top medical center in Tennessee, pausing the surgeries. And it was for, what is it, the gender reassignment. So they came out uh, with a letter disclosing the pause to a state representative. The letter was dated on uh, October 7th. And they said, according to, in the lectures, these doctors had given lectures. The Epic Times has some video of it. They gave these lectures where they were uh, discussing how, exactly you know, how, they, how they performed it, why they felt that it was necessary, kind of bragging about it, saying it was, you know, it was great. It was a great way to get some money in. I mean, just amazing that they were even saying this stuff. And this was a pediatric doctor. It was a, it was a pediatric doctor. And the Epic Times says that the doctor and Daily Wire had uh, uh, some of these videos. It was a lecture in 2018 given by Dr. Shane Taylor, who helped launch Vanderbilt's pediatric transgender clinic that year. And she said that it was a highly profitable business, the quote-unquote transgender treatment. And because of Obamacare, insurance providers had to cover, quote, medical expenses for trans folks. And the doctor, again, pediatrics, said that each girl looking to undergo, quote, unquote, top surgery can bring in $40,000 for the hospital. The, quote, unquote, bottom surgery can bring in 20000 And the doctor was bragging that it didn't include the costs such as the hospital stay, any kind of post-op care, and anesthesia. They said a patient receiving routine hormonal treatment who is only attending a few times a year, that alone can bring in several thousand dollars, she said. Her direct quote, the female to male bottom surgeries, these are huge money makers. Now, just so you, again, so you understand what we're talking about here, when they, when they mention top and bottom surgery they're talking about the removal of and again this is a pediatric doctor the removal of a minor female's breast and then the the i guess creation somehow of a phallus uh, the penis like flesh flesh structure is how it was described by dr taylor and that's a huge money maker for them so if you do both of them, both of those surgeries, that's $60,000, not including post-op care, not including anesthesia, not including the hospital stay, where, you know, they, you can be charged for a box of tissues for like, five, you know, like $50. I, it's a huge moneymaker for them. And there was another video that showed another Vanderbilt health law expert, according to the Epic Times, that said, doctor's name is Dr. Ellen Clayton. 
Clayton told staff that conscientious, conscientious objections, any kind of conscientious objection to trans sur- transgender surgeries are, quote, problematic, and that such staff would face, quote, consequences if they declined to participate in carrying out those surgeries due to their religious beliefs. And then Vanderbilt tried to hide their materials and services. So they got on their website and they tried to hide all this stuff. They also had what they said was a trans buddy program that paired young patients with transgender activists so they could empower the patient to make informed healthcare decisions. If you can't get your ears pierced without your parents' permission, I don't see how you are anymore. This is not empowering the patient. That is, to me, it is somehow accommodating what I think is a mental illness and and making someone easy in the idea of mutilation. Perfectly healthy individual taking, I mean, you're you're making it to where you have to have permanent health care for the rest of your life. I'm Not just regular well visits. I mean, you are a patient forever. If you ever have heard the stories of people who have detransitioned, I mean, I my heart breaks for these people. And, and so many of their testimonies, they say that they, they the, how is this informed consent, especially when you're a minor? And these hospitals are aghast that people are critical of this and that they want to act like they're the victim when this stuff is made public. And then they they get criticism for it. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, you're engaging in this. And it's unnecessary, medically unnecessary. And you're setting these kids up for, for who God knows what in the future, the hormonal abuse alone. It's really terrifying when you think of it. I don't know how that's informed consent. I mean, that's kind of rhetorical because it just it doesn't seem to be. The latest with the economy, business payroll set to turn negative next quarter and through 2023, says Bank of America. Yeah, you can kind of see now why the administration maybe was like, yeah, it's, I know we're not great on crime, but we'd rather, we'd rather take the hits over that than we would the economy. Because then maybe we can say, well, we'll get, we'll get tougher. We hear your point. I mean, I don't, I'm just theorizing. I don't know what the administration's thinking. Because the economy is bad, though. This is bad. Friday's payroll reports, the unemployment rate slumped near all-time lows. The number of unemployed workers, they said, they said, uh, uh, Bank of, uh, of America's economists summarized that the payrolls data, they said that there was uh, suggesting current expected Fed tightening. They said bottom line is that it's going to be negative next quarter. It's going to be there for the for all of 2023. There's, the other the other part of this, and this was a Bank of America credit strategist, Yuri Seliger. I saw this. They said that the September payrolls report was that we should start seeing a slowdown in jobs soon. I think we're kind of seeing it now. I think we've been seeing it this entire time. It's a slow. It's a slowdown in jobs, the economy. Ooh, and this is interesting. This came by by way of Twitchy. A local bakery had a sign noting the rising product prices. They said that they put this sign up, inflation causing higher prices at the local bakery, explaining all of the price change for the ingredients. And they list it bit by bit. So flour increased. They said in January of 21, flour was $12.19 for what they, for what they used. Uh, went up to 19.97 in January of 22. And they said as of July 2022, 28 
88. Granulated sugar. And they're, I would imagine that they're getting flour. I mean, I'm sure they get it, you know, massive quantity, but their costs. Granulated sugar, 25.69 in January 21. Went up all, a little over a dollar. And then now they said by July 22nd, 34.59. Powdered sugar had an over $10 increase. Shortening, double in price. Went from 41 bucks January 21 to $87 in July of 2022. Donut fry shortening also doubled in price. Actually, more than went from 42 to 88. They said fresh yeast went from 45 to 63. Cake flour, 15 to 26 dollars. Eggs, 40 to 92 dollars. Holy wow, that's probably one of the biggest jumps. Rainbow sprinkles, 56 dollars to 86 dollars. Salt, 10 bucks to 14 dollars. You need the rainbow sprinkles, though. I'm. St- have you started to see a fuel charge, a fuel, a fuel surcharge on things? I have. If you look at your receipts on stuff, you'll start to see fuel fuel surcharges. I've seen it on a couple of receipts just in the past week or so. It's that invisible tax of inflation. And then the stock market, more from a Business Insider from Markets, stock market headed for a new 2022 low in October. Man. Yeah, I can see why they don't want to, they'd rather do everything than talk about the economy. Yeah, you'd probably, let's, what can we do just to make it look like we're doing something? I don't know. Let's like look at, uh, I don't know, marijuana offenses. Oh, that'll work. Look, politics are stressful right now, but there are much better ways for conservatives to spend their time than to see what mood Joe Manchin might be in for a given vote or which special interest group on the left will steamroll Joe Biden today. I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. And we'll give you the day's good, bad, and crazy news for conservatives with some much-needed laughs on the side. So please join us. Subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter, a chapter and verse over at Substack. All kinds of good stuff. You know, it is Columbus Day. And some schools, a lot of schools don't have class today. It is Columbus Day. Now, they keep trying to, the left keeps trying to do the bare minimum and virtue signal that if they change the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, then the party that is typically the party most often voted for by the people trying to do the changing that people will forget that it was Democrats who actually sent indigenous peoples on the trail of genocide to government-owned land. And why I say that they do the, the bare minimum, there is a great irony, I find, in the left preaching about, quote-unquote, Indigenous Peoples Day for Native Americans on Columbus Day when Democrats, again, forcibly removed people, sent them on the trail of genocide, they don't even allow them to own their own land on reservations. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the vast majority of land on reservations is government owned. You want to know why you have Native Americans where the po- why na- the poverty rate with Native Americans on reservations is like, what, three times that of what it is for everybody else? Because no one can actually build wealth by owning their own property. In fact, it's, it's a little over double. The poverty rate is almost double than that of the rest of the United States. They have these trust arrangements, and it's through the Bureau of Indian Affairs, which is administered by the Department of Interior. And so since people were placed on this land, 
I think it's only out of 50 million acres, something like 5% of that land is actually privately owned. So everything, it's you basically like just lease it. You don't ever actually own your own property. And so Columbus Day, it's just so ironic to hear the people that are that are screaming about Indigenous Peoples Day. You support the party that made it so. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. And also, another question. What was it? Like the past couple of years, you've had the what, Christopher Columbus statues destroyed. You've had the left take down statues over Columbus Day. Those are actually felonies. My friend Jason Howerton had asked this question. Why is it that's a felony? You never saw the government react or arrest or charge anyone with a felony who, when they decided to destroy property in this way, the way that you saw the government go after people for parading around the Capitol, for unlawful parading. Just, you know, just something to bring up. We got more on the second hour on the way as well. Don't go anywhere. More of the Dana Show back after this. It's interesting to see how the states are trying to go above and beyond what we're doing at the federal level. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested to follow these developments while we continue to set a national policy that's the baseline for all of this. We need to move in the direction of electric vehicles. And look, industry's already there. At least one major automaker says they're not even planning to make uh, gas cars past 2035. But we've got to make sure that this happens quickly enough to help us beat climate change. We've got to make sure it happens affordably enough that it's not just wealthy people, uh, but oh uh, uh, low-income people who are the ones who knows, most need those gas savings if they can afford the EVs in the first place. Well, there we go. Welcome back to the show. That's Mayor Secretary Newmom Poot. Buttigieg, Judge. Great. And he's got opinions on the e- He's They're still pushing this. They're still pushing all of this. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash with you, your lovable curmudgeon, as always. And this soundbite i'm interested in their ban on gas-powered vehicles are you interested on their ability to or their lack thereof to keep their grid going notice he doesn't touch on that doesn't say anything about that Hmm. but they're gonna have to do something it's not sustainable what they're doing especially as they're trying to move everything over to even a greater use of the grid Now, here's something I was looking at a little earlier. Remember last week, because there's all kinds of stuff with the Queen's of uh, Britain's, uh, her funeral and all that stuff. It's the very long, because she has to go to Edinburgh and then she's going, making the way to London. I think that her, whatever, their actual official funeral is next weekend. And I saw a a poll out this morning. I want to say... This may have been the Telegraph. Last week, we, t- we talked about this in detail. Liz Truss had, pu- had proposed over in Britain this reversal of the fracking ban and issuing new leases for oil and gas in North Sea. So apparently they decided to survey people over there after she came out with that new policy, and it was wildly popular. Who would have thought? People want to be able to afford energy over the winter. Who would have thought? That was a that was a bold move from her. And it's being really really well received. Very well received. And this she t- she came uh they dropped that last week 
because the the industry from the food industry to every everywhere they were warning uh, everyone to make sure your diesel tanks are fuel because they were facing they said Britain could have winter blackouts with days of planned power cuts all because of this energy crisis that is self made we talked again talked about it last week the reason I'm bringing it up now is because it seems like they're all trying to make uh, they're tr- all trying to do an in run around Russia so this from Markets Insider coal is making a comeback in energy hungry Europe sending prices soaring because everybody's trying to find alternatives to Russian natural gas. So, an addendum to this, we could be, we have enough of a supply and it is replenishing. We have such a crazy amount of LNG here that we could send. We have so much gas here in the United States. We could easily help sustain them. Easily. I've spoken to energy experts before. They've, you know, for other projects with, you know, you listen to the radio show from coast to coast. We also have the simulcast that's on YouTube and uh, Facebook with the first and for special things with the first. I've talked to energy experts and things like that. And they all say, yes, we would just in a couple of states alone, we would have enough. And what, and I think in Colorado alone, we'd be able to. So they say that the price of coal because of this demand is five times higher than normal now. Because everyone's trying to secure energy for winter. They're saying, oh, it's reemerging. The increasingly scarce gas as Moscow shuts off key pipeline flows. They are, they're weaponizing LNG. Power generation using coal has shut up in France alone over 20%, about 23% in Germany, Italy, and Netherlands. European countries have increased their coal consumption year overall. And they said it's all about surviving winter, according to an analyst at the Swedish bank SEB. And the natural gas prices have soared up to 300% this year because of Russia's manipulation. I mean, this is, they said that uh, German utility giant Uniper, they revived a mothballed coal-fueled plant that they've they've basically turned all the lights back on, keeping it going uh, till the foreseeable future. It's that much of a crisis. And so they're trying to get ahead of it. Paris was even, they said that they were going to start uh, turning the lights off, cutting back the lighting of the Eiffel Tower to save energy. That's crazy. Crazy. And in Switzerland, Swiss social media has been going all, all crazy over the whole rat out your neighbor thing, which is happening over there. A viral poster circulating on Swiss, Swiss social media encouraged citizens to rat out their homes if they heated them above about 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, right? If you heat up your home in Switzerland, they, they, you're supposed... How, how would they rat somebody out? That's just... That's crazy. But they said, oh, no, the government doesn't have anything to do with it. Really, though? That they ha- everybody has to have alternatives. Everybody has to have alternatives. And so, thankfully, Britain's getting ahead of it. That was a really great first move from their new prime minister. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like, I'm not a fan of any politician. And you have to keep in mind that their conservatives are still considered, you know, pretty liberal by our standards. But that was a pretty good move. Just those two things. Getting ahead of that.
Now, here in America, the new business model, there's a new business model that has, is exploding right now, trying to capture everyone who's fallen out of middle, the middle class. This is really a really fascinating analysis. They said that earnings for Dollar Tree and Dollar General, and understandably, I mean, you're in a time of inflation. They said that their earnings went up last quarter by about 5%. That's, you know, it's not surprising. But there are a couple of other things that are taking place with this. Now, you have Dollar Tree, Dollar General, they went up. Credit card sales are up because there's a lack of available cash. And higher priced or more discretionary sales like liquid detergent or apparel are down. And so now what they're seeing happen is there's a new retail and service opportunity for people who, because of inflation and these economic policies, have kind of been squeezed out of middle class. And they're trying to, now they're having to, to rush in to meet that. They said that there are over $35,000 stores in America, more than there are Walmart, Starbucks, and McDonald's combined. I didn't know that. Did you know that? But when you think of it, there's really, there are really, a lot of them are in rural America. They said there's a thousand more. Now think about this. Think about the economic times that we're in. They're opening another thousand stores. Dollar General opened 7,000 stores since 2015, and they're opening 1,000 more just this year. Now, they said when Dollar Tree moved up to $1.25 instead of just being a dollar, a lot of analysts thought that that was going to really hurt their brand, their dollar store, not dollar twenty-five store. But it actually, they said this report uh, that was from Wall Street Journal, it said that it, their, the company's gross margins increased. They're taking quick actions to compete. Interesting. But there is, you have, it's, it's kind of showing because of the situation with with inflation and debt and joblessness etc i think that this there's i i read something with forbes where it said it was increasingly they're increasingly becoming two types of customers in america and they are they're saying it's elite and desperate i don't necessarily think it's that at that point yet but i do think that there is a hollowing out of the middle class which this expedited the policies from this absolutely expedited I mean, people were hurting after lockdown as everyone started getting on their feet. Then they get this huge blow of a massive tax bill that that Biden signs his first month in office. And then we get another tax increase. We've had two tax increases. He's not even halfway through his first term and we've had two tax increases. That's insane. During a time coming out of lockdown with inflation at a 40 year high. And so this, the inflation and everything else, it's really pushing people and it's pushing industry to create this, um, this it, to be more competitive and really kind of create this net for these consumers. They said, uh, they were talking about CVSs and all kinds of stuff, the Minute Clinic, everything else, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It is very, it's, it is very interesting. But I don't, like I said, hollowing out of the middle class is something that, you know, this is going to be something that's a, it's a continuation. 
We don't, we're not at the point where you have two types of customers yet, but I don't see how we won't be by the end of this guy's term, especially if, if after midterms we don't capture the power of the purse, recapture it, which is the house. Now, a few other things I want to make sure that we're hitting. Uh, I was telling you about when we went uh, to break, we were talking about this, these merchant codes that were created by this, this uh, international governing financial body to... I mean, really, it's 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 not going to have any it's not going to serve any purpose for uh, reducing any kind of uh, homicides as it relates to firearm usage or anything of that uh, nature, because you, you don't have gangbangers and drug dealers that go out to retailers and purchase their guns. We've talked about this. That, that's not how that's not how this is happening. Furthermore, people are saying, oh, well, you know, it's about mass shootings, not gangbangers and that. Well, here's the problem. Why is it that everybody else but the parents or the people who know what's going on and see it every day right there in the neighborhood? Why is it everybody else's responsibility to do something, but not the people who actually know that the problem exists? Do you think that asking these credit card, demanding these credit card companies and affix these merchant codes onto firearm retailers, that's going to be the thing that does it? You think that that's going to somehow be more of an immediate action than someone right there within a murderer's neighborhood? We have so many tools at our disposal within our current legal system to adjudicate someone ineligible to legally purchase or carry. So many. And we don't use them. And because people don't use them, that gives Democrats the opening to make the argument that, well, it's because nothing exists. Because, you know, there is clearly... It's because people aren't using the methods that we have. But Democrats don't want to talk to people about the methods that we have because those methods respect due process. And that is the real ultimate goal. To deprive people of that and to diminish it. Do you honestly want to reduce due process in an age where people can weaponize FISA against you and raid your house for political targeting? Seriously, where we had the IRS go after people and had to settle out of court? For real. Just asinine. But you know what this does? What this will, it, it is going to, it will do, it will create a de facto registry. And even what's more is that you can, the federal government can subpoena the data. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So one of the things that I've learned in watching the whole funeral thing for uh, Britain's Queen is that there are some fun, little, weird, little custom things that they do with the monarchy. For instance, the royal beekeeper has informed the Queen's bees that the Queen has died and that King Charles is their new boss in a bizarre tradition dating back centuries. Wait, what? Oh yes, it's a real story. Royal beekeeper John Chapel has notified the palace hive of the Queen's death. He's told the bees that King Charles is their new boss and urged them to be good. The centuries-old tradition is rooted in superstition about honey production. And he told them in hushed tones and also affixed black mourning ribbons to each of the hive's boxes. Because if they don't tell the bees, then the bees will leave the hive and no longer make any of the delicious honey. I mean, that's, you know, okay. The Navy admits that it has more UFO videos, but they say releasing the footage would actually harm national security because they said it would reveal information about the Pentagon's operations and capabilities to America's enemies. Okay, so here's my question. Actually, not a question, an observation. I have one question. Are they good or bad? You know, 
So if you're confirming that they exist, are they good or bad? I mean, I'm okay. Like, I pay taxes to not do stupid things that aren't in Article 1, Section 8, but this is in Article 1, Section 8. I just want to know you all get a handle on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you all have this under control? How much money are we spending, by the way? You know, just, we got it under control? I don't know. So, but, you know, that's the questions. Uh, also, ooh, listen to this. Fast food chains are maybe, they could be killing the dining room. At least that's what one, this is kind of wild. Uh, fast food is racing to ditch the dining room. Five hours into, let's say, blah, blah, blah. I hate when these people write these stories. I have notes on this. Uh, and they don't get to the point until like halfway through. The point is, is that a lot of these places, whether it's like a Chipotle or a Starbucks, they're actually getting rid of their in-store dining. It's everything. Fast food is becoming purely drive-thru. It's going to be totally automated, probably soon, and completely drive-thru. The dining rooms are going to soon become a thing of the past with fast food. Stick with us. we got more in store. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, I should say. Your lovable curmudgeon here, Dana Lash. And as always, you can listen coast to coast or watch the simulcast on the first YouTube, Facebook, etc. I am always excited to see when my friends do well, especially those who I think are smarter than me and uh, who are way more prolific with writing books. And my friend, David Limbaugh, he has a number of political books, but really in the past few years, he's been writing a lot of stuff, whether it's on New Testament or Life of Christ. He's got a brand new book out that I think is every parent's dream because he authored it with his oldest child, and it's called The Resurrected Jesus, The Church in the New Testament. And David Limbaugh authored this with his daughter, Kristen Limbaugh Bloom, which first off, and David joins us via Skype. David, congratulations on this book. But I have to say, congratulations on raising the type of daughter who co-authors a book like this with you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I, I want to get into all of this because I really, I love the way that you look at these. I, I love the way that you look at stories in the Bible and you also look at these issues. And I know this one is definitely something where you, I, I, I haven't started it yet, admittedly, but I am. This is my next book to read. And Thank I'm very you. excited to read it because I know that you draw a lot of parallels with what we're dealing with and how that applies to you know, our modern culture right now. I want to take it to this because I had written a piece about this last night. And this kind of, I think, gets into, you know, and I'm going to bring this back to your book. I, I wrote a piece on Lindsey Graham and this, this bill that he proposed this week in the Senate limiting abortions to 15 weeks. And I took a look at your Twitter account because, you know, I always do whenever I have people that are coming on, just in case you tweet something crazy right before the show starts, you know. I know. Yeah. And I love what you said here. Because you really, you really took Lindsey Graham to task. And I feel like this bill has spawned a couple of different reactions within the Republican Party. You had said that you, you asked him whether or not, because it's a limitation at 15 weeks, you asked him whether or not his decision was based on the leftist European practice of, of limiting it at 15 weeks and whether or not there's, you know, kind of other things that he follows leftist Europeans on. But then you added conservatives just won this constitutional point and now they offer to voluntarily surrender it, surrender it. You say, I'm, I swear I'm amazed at the lack of principle and utter cluelessness. You say not to mention how out of touch they are with their own base. I wanted to ask you about this issue because we just got it moved to the states. Where does this move like this? Where does I love your dog in the background? Where does this bill? <laughs> where does this bill take us? I can't control it. Um, I don't understand. Why is Lindsay? I've liked Lindsay. It's not like I'm trying to trash right, him. Right, right. But, but this is this is a gratuitous gift 
and it looks like it's political. And he often, too often looks political. Th this is about life. And one of the other tweets I said, he said, he said, he said he arbitrarily cut it off at 15 weeks or 16 because the baby feels pain. But this isn't about pain as, as important as it, as it is. It's about life. The baby's alive at zero weeks, not 16 weeks, not 15 weeks, not only at 15 and 16. Yeah. And the pain, by the way, if he's going to choose that marker, I've read six weeks they can feel pain in some yeah. studies. Who knows? But I don't know what it is, but it's an arbitrary marker. Why is he federalizing this anyway? If you're going to federalize it, then let's really go all the way and say the Constitution guarantees the right to life throughout, if you want to do that. But the, the, that's not what the decision says. The decision, the Dobbs decision says it returns it to the states. So get out of your, get out of the way, federal government. Who do you think you are? Yeah. And, and by the way, this reaching across the aisle, which is, by the way, kind of analogous to the principles in this book, every time conservatives reach across the aisle, we move the football closer to the left. They talk that we're say we're extremists. We haven't become more conservative. You're not as old as I am since Reagan. We're the same conservatives. <clears throat> they have in, got increasingly Marxist. Now they're all AOC. You don't find, I have a lot of Democrat friends. None of them can claim they aren't supporting lockstep what, what she's doing. So we're in a war. I don't believe that we have a moral duty to reach out. It wouldn't work anyway. Jesus, by the way, didn't come. He's always co-opted by these people. He didn't come to unite. He said, I come to divide my mother and father, brother and sister. Why? Not because he's not a unifier in spirit. I mean, we, he wants to unify the church and Paul wants him to unify the church, Christians, but because he represents truth and he knows that Satan is the ruler of this world. And by the way, sorry if I sound like a crazy man, but the Democratic Party is under the spell of the evil one. Because yeah, you, you don't at all. You can't promote the kind of ob objective evil they are. Celebration of murdering babies, mutilation of children, the denial of the confusion of gender on purpose against God's created order. I created them man and woman, man and woman, I created them. And a dis dis demolition of the, law of the rule of law and law and order, two-tier justice system. It is so outrageous what's going on. I can't believe anyone isn't anyone anywhere in the United States can believe yeah. this is happening. I'm, this is why I'm so excited to read your new book, uh, co-authored with your daughter, The Resurrected Jesus, because you you touched on something, and this is why I wanted to start with this Lindsey Graham piece, and you went exactly where I was wanting to go. Because reaching across the aisle, it, it always seems as though we have to come with an offering, an offering of a principal sacrifice. Okay, well, we'll move from this and we'll, you know, okay, we'll go to 15 weeks and then we'll, we'll go to this. And as you note, I mean, there's no, there's, there's nothing in the Bible that says, you know, half good's better than no good, right? That's not, there's no, nothing lukewarm in, in that, in that call to, to, to follow, you know, what we're supposed to follow either as people of faith or even as logic. In, 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 indeed, in, in the book of Revelation, it's great you use that term, lukewarm. Jesus condemns one of the churches for being lukewarm. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like these mealy-mouthed people, and he wasn't. These people say, God of the Old Testament mean, Jesus wonderfully nice, Paul mean again. No, Jesus was very stern about the truth. He, he didn't mince any words. But here's the problem with what Graham is doing and what so many establishment Republicans have often done. They misread their base. They misread. Can't they see what... What gave rise to Trump in the first place? This very kind of thing. They're, they're, what he's doing is looking at the polls, the political wins, and misreading them, by the way, even then. He shouldn't do it. But he is, on the matter of life, the ultimate moral issue, he shouldn't look at the polls. But he is looking at the polls, 
or he's anticipating the polls hurting the Republican Party in the November elections because the Democrats are all up in arms about the abortion thing. Let me tell you, that's not the case. What he what he needs to understand is our base is pro-life through and through. I, in fact, I can't believe some of the people standing up alongside with him. Some of the people who I have total respect for, I won't mention names, I'm, I'm shocked. The, Trump understands the base. We are the base, we're pro-life. You're not gonna win any in, independent, anybody that's independent these days is half nuts. I mean, but, but how can you be independent with what's going on? Such a, <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> They're half nuts. I agree with you on that. Talking with David Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, let's have some cojones and do what we're supposed to do instead of always. It, these guys never win. And when they do win, the Bush years and all that, they never advance the football because all they do is try to appease man instead of appease God, appease the other side instead of listening to their base. Didn't Trump show that you could grow the base without having to you know, compromise principle like in this fashion? He convinced you and me, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I was a recruit. I didn't think he was conservative. And then, boy, as soon as Hillary was nominated, it's all binary for me, and I'm exactly. all in Trump. But once he, I think he became a conservative because he realized he, these liberals, New York liberals he palled around with all his life, they weren't the good guys. He found out very quickly... So he then began to learn. He was a quick study. I think he's a full-blown conservative now. I, I mean, do, too. I agree. Yes. I completely so, agree. You yeah. you touch on this. We're, we're talking with David Limbaugh and his new book, The Resurrected, Cheese, Resurrected Jesus, uh, co-authored with his daughter, Kristen Limbaugh-Bloom. Uh, and it's I'm so excited to read this. And I love the fact that you do touch on um, from what I, I have, like I said, I haven't read it. I have perused it. I've gone through yeah. and because I, I'm, which has made me very excited to read it. The Woke Churches. Because this is an issue. Everything with politics is downstream from culture, which is what, something that we've yep. all said over and over again. We've had an issue even in my own church with some of the yep. wokery. I think that the, our church leadership has dialed it back a little bit because they heard a lot from not just us, but a lot of people in the church. But I've heard stories, David, as I'm sure you have as well, of people having to look for new churches to go to because it got more about uh, wokery than it did about Christ. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on all this. Well, it, it amazes me that inside the church, especially younger, younger pastors and staff, they're increasingly left. They're indoctrinated in the seminaries, many of them. <clears throat> and the culture is so powerful and the peer pressure. Now, instead of the church being a flagship uh, for biblical morality, it tries to please the culture and conform to the culture rather than influencing the culture to conform absolute truth and biblical principles, the Methodist Church, which I've been a member of for years, forever, uh, is going to split because the American Methodists are so radically liberal, so woke. Ironically, the Africans outnumbers nine million. They've kept the church together because they're conservative. Isn't it amazingly disappointing? America's the beacon of hope, the beacon of freedom. We understand constitutional republicanism, and now other nations are ahead. We're forfeiting all this right in front of our eyes, and it kills me. We'll never get up, give up on America, by the way. But these churches, uh, there's a lot of threats from within. Yeah. And if you don't adhere to biblical truth, there's no point in having a church. Exactly. And that's, the, and that's really the identity. I think that's the biggest way to defeat all of that critical race theory nonsense, all the, the other division that we see being pushed is because, and you talk a little bit about identity in this book, you know, Christian yeah. biblical identity. That's, yeah. the, that's the only identity. That is the, are you of the kingdom or not? That is the identity. Our identity as Christians 
is found in Christ. God wonderfully made us. He, he knows every hair on our head. In my case, that's fewer than yours. Uh, <laughs> quite a bit fewer. And uh, so it's easier for him to know me. They, they, you're more complex. See, you got more hair. So, I don't so, know that's how that works. <laughs> uh, your husband, Chris, he's got hair. He's got, God's got a real challenge with Chris. Oh, he's man. Go, oh, you know, down here. Yeah, he's here. got all that back that down there too. But, but no, that's so true. What was the first part before you said identity? I wanted to. No, um, that's where our identity is. Our as children of the kingdom, and that's ultimately yeah. the that's the route through which we should be. Everybody should be focusing on to defeat the CRT, which says no, your identity is bound in your ethnicity or and, in you know your chosen identity. And identity politics, we can identify as a man or a woman, and, and now. Now, that is so narcissistic when you think about it. Our yeah. identities in Christ, you know, you, they encourage people just to be, get, get your identity from your skin color or from your gender. It's pretty sad. But, you know, that this, this um, church, this morale, this biblical, uh, or excuse me, this woke, these woke ideas in the church, I, I really, it's hard for me to understand how churches can embrace them. And, and why, really, why do you even want to bother? Why would you go to church? I mean, it's time consuming. If, if all you're going to do is try to uh, please other men, it's, it's, there's no point in it. And it's, it's really a betrayal. It's a betrayal of, of, of what Christ did for us on the cross. And I'll never understand how these churches can substitute these pagan religions and syncretism uh, and substitute it for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and they got to live with themselves, but I'm not going to participate. Let me ask you this. this um, we're talking with David Limbaugh in his new book, The Resurrected Jesus, The Church in the New Testament. Do you see a, a sort—I keep hearing stories, I keep hearing rumors of Gen Z maybe being more conservative. Do you see this ever, the pendulum ever swinging back? I actually think there is something to that. I keep hearing that, too. Uh, but we have to remember the liberals wholly own the institutions of our culture, the educational institutions, even the churches, as you were saying. Uh, and so they, these kids are getting indoctrinated and it's hard for parents to compete because kids are influenced more by their peers than their parents in, in so many, in these kinds of issues. And so you gotta be a really strong parent, a strong influence or your kids have to be obedient, whatever. And that doesn't happen very often. I, I'm Kristen, I, I got lucky with, you know, she's the oldest. Who knows whether whether the other four and I'm not being facetious. There's strong pressures on yeah. kids not to be Christian, not to be conservative. I agree with that completely. And that's why I love the fact that your daughter co-wrote this book with you. I mean, that has to be that's an amazing thing as an parent to see something like that. Very gratifying. Uh, you know, she, she uh, has been a spirit filled prayer warrior from the beginning. We sent them to Christian schools and she never had doubts like I did coming to the faith, kicking and screaming. So I asked her if she would write this book with me. She, and, and add prayers in addition to contributing to the text. She, she's such a, uh, she has such a facility for prayer. Yeah. And I think it brings the reader closer to God, closer to Christ, uh, and helps the reader interact with scripture. One thing I wanted to say to you, the, the thing I lost my train of thought on earlier, I think that the liberals always have the advantage. You know, it's tougher being a conservative. As Rush used to say, it's easy to be a liberal because you can say things and, and, and everybody, will, the media will champion you and all that. But when you, when you uh, we don't believe in preaching from the public. We want to keep politics out. We conservatives. Liberals politicize everything. However, here's where liberals win on this point or, or have an advantage. 
when our pastors preach from the pulpit, they should be preaching biblical morality, which includes celebration of life, which means being against abortion. That is not political. That is moral, biblical morality. And yet they have defined it as, so then we're preaching. No, we're not. So I'm all for, if you want to define politics as anything that is Christian conservative, which they do, by the way, we're all domestic terrorists, then yes, we should be political. But that's a false definition as they distort the language in this Orwellian dystopia we live in today. But that's not, but they politicize everything from the bit, from the pulpit. Absolutely. Talking to our friend David Limbaugh and his new book, The Resurrected Jesus. And David, I know I texted you after this. We all loved your brother. Uh, I mean, he created my ability to work and uh, yeah. do what I do. And we, we love you as well. And you guys, you're the Limbaugh family, just nonstop contributing to American culture. And we are grateful that you're continuing that. God love you. Thank you so much. And, and same here. You've been so great and a good friend throughout. And I appreciate what you do so much. And you're, you're so good at what you do. So uniquely good. Well, we and, thank and, you. And, and Rush, by the way, opened so many doors for me. I wouldn't be doing any of this. It doesn't matter how good you are. I'm not saying I'm good or bad. But you, you, you got to have a platform. you got to have a plan. And so that's, I wanted to help get Kristen a jump start. She's already writing op-eds for Fox, but I wanted to help her in the book writing business. We need smart, excited. beautiful Christian conservative yeah. women, and she checks all those boxes for sure. Thank we you. we have to get rolling. We're short on time. We'd love to have you back, and we're going to talk UFC next time you're on. Absolutely. We're, we're UFC fans. Yeah. Good to see you, my friend. God bless Thank you. you. Congratulations you. to you and your daughter. Thanks. Tell Chris hi. Will Thank do. You. Thanks so much. Dana Show. Went long with my friend David Limbaugh there, so we're a little short for Florida Man, but I'll make it up to you tomorrow. But I can tell you about the guy who got arrested for trying to tell everybody about dragons that were going to attack Space Force. Oh, also at Aliens and Dragons. That's tomorrow. Third hour on the way. Stick with us. I reject socialism outright. I reject. I reject uh, Marxism, Leninism, communism, any of these isms that have come out of, of a political theory that basically uh, denies the worth of each and every individual. That's true. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Top of our second hour, your lovable curmudgeon getting you set up for the weekend. That was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And of course, he's speaking about, what is it, the Emotional Social Learning ESL, which is partnered with, dovetails with, uh, and part of critical race theory. They're communist principles that have been growing in schools across the country, masquerading as, as education when they're not. And he's correct. Parents have been really empowered, and I think Democrats are being rocked. This is, and this is why it's so, I hear Biden's going to be speaking to the NEA. The people who are, the teachers unions who are advocating is, he, is it any, any even or the ATF, American Teachers Federation, whatever, Randy Weingarten thing? They're going to be speaking to these teachers unions. This after these same entities were pushing to keep schools closed, students remote learning. They're academically set back. The damage is still being measured. And he's going to go speak to them. They call parents domestic terrorists, but they're going to go speak to the teachers unions. That should tell you everything you need to know. What an optic. Cut that ad. Right. Him speaking... That's your B-roll. That's your footage. That's your whole ad. 
That's everything. You don't even need to spend any money on a K Street. Just cut it and air it. That's all you got to do with that. While they called parents domestic terrorists. Parents who were fighting for justice for their children. And then show the dad who was taking issue with the school who allowed his daughter to get raped in the bathroom by a male student who wanted to cosplay as a female. Show the show all the domestic tagging and Merrick Garland and all of that stuff with the uh, parents as terrorists going to school boards simply speaking out because dissent is apparently terrorist activity. How is that different from what Putin's doing in Russia right now, by the way? So show that ad. Make that happen. There you go. I have more. I've, we've, we, this, this whole, all this wokery, this, it gets into this Air Force Academy stuff. We have the diversity training. They're telling cadets to use words that include all genders and drop mom and dad. Get bent. It's a diversity and inclusion. It's United States Air Force Academy. We went from Top Gun to this. We went from Top Gun to the Air Force Academy saying, don't use words like mom and dad. They had a slide presentation called diversity and inclusion. What it is, why we care, and what we can do. And they advised cadets to use person-centered and gender-neutral language when describing individuals. They actually have, I can't even believe, these are actual slides. They say that some families are headed by single parents. Do they think, wait, they think these recruits are morons? Some families are headed by single parents, grandparents, foster parents, two moms, two dads, etc. Consider parent or caregiver instead of mom and dad. Um, I don't want to tell you what my pronouns are because I'll be fired off air. I'll be fined and fired. The uh, documents were shared with a veteran Green Beret from the Afghan war. He said that the materials alarmed him. They were verified. They have the slides like, what do people call themselves? When in doubt, ask, include all genders. So y'all, team, squatties, everyone, folks versus you guys. Get bent. If you're going to get upset over a pronoun, you're too weak for war. That's it. That's all this is. This is, this is, it's the diversity and inclusion training. This is just so crazy. And they, uh, they were also saying, what is this G animals? I was reading this. They also include this exercise where they ask cadets to separate into groups and write down as many G animals or animals that start with the letter G that they can think of in one minute's time. And they said, what does this show us about the power of combining our diverse perspectives? This sounds stupid. How many G animals did you generate as an individual? This, this is what I want the slides in my Air Force to, sound, to, to read. I want them to be like, how can we kick ass? How can we annihilate the enemy? How can we be like Top Gun but real? That's what I want to see. I don't want to see this garbage. This is not what I want to see. This is not what you want to see. Nobody wants this stuff. You're going into war. There are no safe spaces in war. This is like no crying in baseball. There's no safe spaces in war. There's none of that. You are supposed to be part of a whole. No one cares about your own personal identity. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's disruptive 
to the function of a unit as a whole for everyone to stop what they're doing. Make sure did you did everyone affirm everyone else's individual life choices today? Did you? So done with it. This is why nobody wants to. This is why nobody wants to sign up. This is you're not going to get recruitment with stuff like this. Are you kidding me? You're you're de- you're training people to go out and 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 kick ass. That's what you're doing. That is not a beta position. These are alpha jobs, and you're trying to take alpha jobs and diminish them into beta roles. Psychologically, it's not going to work. The people who are attracted to this type of necessary work are not betas. So that is why a huge reason, if not the biggest reason, that recruitment is down. When you are when you are serving the country, you are focused on the job of serving the country. You are not focused on, I wonder what pronoun that person wants me to use. Z, sir. Z. I mean, nobody cares about this. Nobody cares about it. Do you know why? Because stuff like that is not worth dying for. Nobody, nobody wants to have their husband go to war and die for that crap. Nobody wants to have their kids go to war and die for that crap. That is not a unifying mission. It is purposeful disunity. It's infuriating. Mamie is mad like with the James Bond thing. I went all, I was mad. I'm mad about this and it's, it's, it's basically an avatar for all of the things I'm mad about with Wokery right now. Particularly with dudes. So I wrote a piece last night. By the way, spare me your thoughts about James Bond's guns that he carries. I don't care. That's not what this is about. I don't care what you think of his skinny tie. I don't care. Quit looking at, look at the forest. So I saw this piece from the Telegraph. It reads this. The next James Bond films will have bigger roles for women and a more sensitive 007, according to the producers, who said that Bond is evolving just as men are evolving. Men aren't evolving. I said last night that our culture is devolving and they're trying to make men dumber and weaker in the process. Who here wants a, some insipid, sensitive James Bond? I think Daniel Craig as James Bond as, is the most sensitivity I will allow or should be allowed. I called the piece, if you wreck James Bond, I will wreck, wreck your face. Because it is, it's the unicization of James Bond. If you want to put a chick in the role, here's the thing. Have the originality to invent a new female-driven franchise for a female instead of emasculating the old one with some repurposed dog's breakfast. I will ride over this. I don't know what that's going to look like yet. I will literally, I'm not joking. I will have a one-woman riot. I don't care. Because James Bond is cool. I love James Bond. You know, Sean Connery was the best. Don't mess. They have a lit theme song, too. Dude, I mean, it's just amazing. Sean Connery was the best. I think Daniel Craig, as I said, he was as sensitive as should be allowed, was a good second. A lot of people really put down Timothy Dalton. He's really underserved in the rankings. He's a little bit darker. Is I think, a little bit more to Fleming's original idea. So, you know, I, but I think that Craig, uh, 
captured some of that. Okay, with the music. I think he captured some of that and reinvented it when with his portrayal. Like the opening sequence of Spectre, that was amazing. I mean, it was basically like Olympic parkour. Roger Moore, I was going to give third place to Pierce Brosnan, but he's catty. And I don't like catty men as James Bond. That's a female attribute. Cattiness is a female attribute. I don't want, I don't want a guy as James Bond being catty. So because Pierce Brosnan called for a female 007 and he was really catty towards Craig, uh, Daniel Craig's performance, he doesn't get number three. Roger Moore was a little bit campy and fun, and that's totally okay. Maybe a little bit older, that's totally okay. So Roger Moore takes that spot. Here's the thing. Not every actor does the same James Bond, but there are characteristics that every Bond should possess, right? Being a chick or overly sensitive isn't one of them. I mean, my whole point is that I get that there's all different kinds of iterations of this. The point is that this is an, this is a, an, I, it's an iconic figure in pop culture. James Bond is not some anas, an, uh, anachronistic snapshot of a man in decline. This is a man at his peak he has a way out of every situation he can beat the hell out of a guy in a bathroom and then he can show up at a poker tournament in a crisp tux he's got a you know snack on his arm going up there to texas hold'em at the poker tournament and oftentimes the lady he's got is as dangerous and deadly as he is it's everyone's like oh it's a testosterone fueled guy movie no it's not it's a testosterone fueled flick for chicks please do not mistake this or, or confuse it with a chick flick. Don't twist it. But there are women on this planet who want their men to have a strong sense of good versus evil. My husband's first line to me, the first time we ever met, my husband's first line to me was this. Which one of these losers is your boyfriend? And I was like, you're going to be mine. That's because that's, I like aggressive gallantry. That's part of chivalry. There's a difference between being a jack wagon and between being that. And see, women like that. What do you think? I mean, do people forget how well Top Gun did at the box office? We were just talking about this. People didn't watch Top Gun because they wanted to learn more about serving in the Air Force, Kane. No, that's not why they watched Top Gun. They watched it because dudes with balls bigger than that Halton school teacher's prosthetic boobs dangerously flew jets... And they risk their lives for America while romancing the ladies. You, women don't have to take a rib from a male character-driven franchise to do something different for ourselves. Sigourney Reavers, uh, Ripley, an alien, that was amazing. She was an icon. Kate Beckinsale in Underworld, uh, Mila Jojovich in uh, uh, Resident Evil, uh, the Stieg Larsson's girl with the dragon tattoo. I know Rooney Mara did the America American version, but Numi Rapace was the other one. Uh, played Lisbeth uh, uh, Salander. So these are all great female-led franchises. They're not required to like do this, you know, male character. If women are so empowered, then make your own damn franchises. Make your own damn characters. Give the people what they want. I think the people also want Idris Elba, but it doesn't sound like he wants to do it, which is sad. Someone convinced him. We got more to come. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I mean, I understand that. I mean, this is kind of how Earth Day started, though. It was the guy who put his girlfriend in the wood chipper, essentially. But this is this is bizarre. I get it that in California, it's where all the hippies are, for the most part. But they have a new law that you can actually use human remains as compost. You know, because climate change 
It's all about tackling climate change. Oh my gosh, this is Soylent Green, guys. So California is going to offer the option of human composting after death, thanks to a new bill signed into law that is going to tackle, they say, climate change. It's they're calling it natural organic reduction. That's what that's what the human composting is called. And they say it's going to be an option for people who don't want to be cremated or buried. And so you basically go into a reusable steel container along with wood chips and flowers to aerate it, and it allows microbes and bacteria to break down the remains. And then one month later, it's turned into soil. Oh my gosh. This is what their this is their future for you. You get to live in the dark and you get to run on uh, you know battery cars and you don't even have enough power in the state to charge them and then you're going to be uh, turned into uh, soil. We're gonna, you're going to at some point people are going to be eating dead people in California. That's really what we're getting to. Soil and green. A Denver man, this is crazy, was found guilty for killing a 21-year-old woman over dog do. Dude, he shot and killed her because her dog defecated outside of his apartment. There's probably better ways to handle this, I would think. Uh, so he's got Michael Close is uh, going. He's I mean, he's trying to say trying to plead not guilty by reason of insanity. I think he was saying and he needs to uh, be off this earth. Uh, also, antidepressants apparently work better than sugar pills. Only 15 percent of the time. Man, by the way, if you were to watch Big Pharma's commercials on television, everybody's depressed and has anxiety and everybody needs a pill. So that's the thing. And Newsweek has that uh, has more on that survey and deep brain stimulation. Uh, they're thinking about having these implants to help people reduce their OCD symptoms with electrical impulses. What in the world? And McDonald's is facing a $10 billion suit because they say it doesn't advertise enough on uh, black television. Stay with us. The question is, at the end of the month, do you have less money from your paycheck or more money from your paycheck? I mean, the way that people, that's how it's calculated by the vast majority of American people. So, that's a... Uh, President McUnity, President McUnity cocaine son, uh, who was saying that inflation is at the end of the month. Do you have less money from your paycheck or more money from your paycheck? That's he, uh, does he even know what those are? No. Paychecks. What are they? Welcome back to the program. Dana last year. Bottom of our third hour this Tuesday. And as always, your lovable curmudgeon is happy to be here with you from command center here in Texas. Now. I, going from that to boop doop doop our second freak out video of the day, titled, Liberal Woman Freaks Out in Her Car Over Gas Prices. $98! I have to decide between buying gas or buying food! And guess who wins? Because I have to get to the job that I need to f***ing buy anything at all! That doesn't pay me enough! And people want to donate $1,000 to cats! $98 damn dollars at Costco to fill up my tank! $98! Mm. $5.50 a tank! $5.50 a gallon! Mm. At Costco! $5.50 a gallon at Costco! Well, I mean... This is the work of the religious right! What? Oh my gosh! You, religious right what? who are doing this and have been doing this to us F- you profiteering companies F- you the church owns the gas stealing us breaking our backs stealing from us oh my god first i was like oh she's onto something oh no she's just stupid <laughs> she's just dumb you deserve your high gas prices 
cry harder because you voted for it. And then you're blaming the religious people. We didn't vote for that. We didn't vote. I mean, that was what he said he was going to do. What the hell did these people think? He comes out and he's like, I'm going to destroy oil and gas. And then he destroys oil and gas, proceeds to pass go. And then everyone's like, why are our oil and gas prices so high? $98. Well, did you not hear him during the campaign? He said he was going to do all these things. And then he did them. And you're surprised? Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you. I, um, I'm not sure what. I, I, it's hard to have pity. I'm just wondering. First, they get mad at Jesus Chicken over at Chick-fil-A. Right. They got mad at that. What are they not mad at? Everything is the part of the religious right. Why does that even factor into this? There's a disconnect. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Now, one quick thing. I mentioned this in a newsletter that I sent out yesterday. I wrote a piece over what we were talking about, some of on air, during the program yesterday afternoon. And it was, it's titled, What Happened to the Future is Female? And I got in, uh, continue the conversation, rather, that we were having about the media freakout over Italy's new prime minister, right? Now, when I, when you look at the record of Italy's uh, likely new prime minister, this uh, woman who everyone says is super far right, so far right, Georgia Maloney. I, as I said yesterday, the media is characterizing her as far right and a fascist because as a teenager, she was a member of the Italian social movement. And that was like in 1992. And she's, I think my age, so like seventh grade, uh, founded by supporters of Mussolini. Now, I don't know enough of her history or her past remarks to exalt her as some icon for American conservatives. And nobody else should either, I warn you. But to the extent that she's a fascist, she opposes same-sex marriage and adoption. And she's she is a Catholic. She's a devout Catholic. Uh, She opposes the trans movement, forced coronavirus vaccines, illegal immigration, all things which media says is also fascist, too. And I would say that the left should be careful in demanding that a party's history forever identify it, especially considering how the Democrats began as champions of slavery and opponents of women's suffrage and record setters for the longest filibuster in American history against the Civil Rights Act. Google it. So. When you look at her, the other things that she supported, though, I don't like her on foreign policy. She's a huge NATO supporter. And she supported the intervention in Libya in 2011 that resulted in the capture and killing of Muammar Gaddafi. Now, you could, I get that, and I link some helpful things in there. That's a whole other separate conversation I could have all day. Yes, he was an SOB. But he was an SOB who got scared after Iraq. Now, whether or not we should have gotten to Iraq is also a separate issue. But nonetheless, he saw, and yes, he was a he was a major state sponsor of terror. But after that, he kind of realized, oh, oh, there's a, a there's a guy who would, could actually could come kill me in the White House, maybe. And he did get a little. I don't want to say. I mean, he was he was more brutal than the terrorist that 
were in the area with him. And when you have someone like that sucking up all of the energy, it's hard for things like ISIS, etc. to grow. When brutal people only know brutality. And he was a brute. And he dealt with other brutes very brutally. That is the only benefit that I saw to him continue living because his presence at that time, and there's tons, there are tons, Stephen Yates and I've talked about this, uh, plenty. There are many NATSEC experts who say at that point he had ceased being a direct threat to the United States, even so much as a sponsor of terror because he was brutally repressing these other terror factions. That, after he was killed, apparently he was stabbed in the butt. Did you know that? Yeah, he totally, yeah. Right up the, woo. I didn't know that. Horrible things that you didn't know. Fun history. So after that, there was this power vacuum. And it was further further destabilized. If you wanted to go in and, and toddle or stomp all over Italy. And by the way, it, it, and this is when this was under Obama Biden. You had Hillary Clinton. You had her guys in there. They really wanted to destabilize Libya and reset up. You know, have if they wanted to be on the what is it? Uh, was it Sid Rosenthal? Is that the guy? who was in those emails when that all came out, he wanted to be on the ground floor of this and it ended up, he ended up with Benghazi. <laughs> so I don't agree with her. I don't agree with her position on that. I don't agree with her that. And, and the, her positions on foreign policy, I have to say, don't, do not, do not at all sound like American conservative positions since the left is so obsessed with trying to invalidate everything by association. I mean, if anything, it shows significant differences. Their attempt to use her as a cudgel against American conservatives. And I think we all, everybody needs to stop getting excited over European candidates just because some of their positions happen to correspond with some of ours. Because, and as I said yesterday, the right-left paradigm in the United States is entirely different in Europe because we define right-left around our constitution. And other countries' constitutions may offer far less freedom, meaning the paradigm can flip entirely, wherein the right want more government and the left than and the left less. So... You know, that's context is important. So that was very, it's just odd that uh, I really think that if they, they should look at her wokery. All right. Or not wokery, her record on foreign policy. I'm going to wokery. I, can you play for me audio soundbite, some of audio soundbite 16, because now we're dealing with wokery over certain colors of lipstick, ladies and gentlemen. This morning, supermodel Haley Bieber facing backlash after sharing her new lip routine on TikTok with the caption, ready for all the fall things, including brownie glazed lips. The now viral post causing a wave of criticism. Social media users calling out the supermodel, claiming she is culturally appropriating the makeup routine using dark lip liner and clear lip gloss popular style from the late 80s and 90s. It's the worst ever too. that that lip combo is not Hailey Bieber lips. It is a Latina and black woman lip combo. Oh my gosh, stop. When something is sort of presented as if it's something new, when it's a practice that has been around for decades and decades, African-American and Latino I'm so done with this. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I had, it's like when someone tried to get at me five years ago because I always wear hoops and I had gold hoops on. And I was like, can you prove your Sumerian heritage? Otherwise, I'm going to spank your ass all over Twitter because you dared to be stupid in public to me. It's just true because they were the ones who invented all that. So, shh. By the way, in the 90s, and I have to say that I was a part of this horrible, horrible, horrible trend beginning in about eighth or ninth grade. My mom would let me wear makeup 
until I was like pretty much a freshman in high school. You did the guys don't know this guys. I am so sorry. Just hold on for a second. Ladies, you know, you would do the outer lips in a darker color and then you had it looks stupid then and it looks stupid now. It's a horrible trend, just like high waisted pants and pleats. They're horrible. Stop it. And giant Clydesdale like platform heels. Those things all suck. Stop. And so this is not offensive. This is so stupid. And for anybody to don't even apologize over this. This is so dumb. Oh my gosh. Are we are people really that thirsty for attention? I I can't. Now I'm gonna try not to like go on and on and on forever about this. So next thing, Ted Cruz, I don't he's they were there was a discussion about Roe v. Wade. And I think he was at a he was at a, some kind of event. Um where uh, the Houston Chronicle put in on this. He was, at, he was speaking at some kind of event and he was saying, he was talked about Chrissy Teigen, who I do not follow at all. I don't pay attention to anything she does. I met her husband once when I did uh, Real Time with Bill Maher and he introduced himself to me literally by saying, hi, John Legend, John Legend. And I thought, oh, that's a Bob Dole third person kind of thing. Okay. He was very nice and we got along. But I don't pay attention to this. I, I just don't follow their lives. Anyway, she had had a miscarriage, I guess, a couple of years ago, and it was a placental abruption, and they had to deliver her son. I mean, that just, it has to happen, and it looks like he wasn't going to make it anyway, and so she was saying she uh, characterized what happened to her as a miscarriage when really it was an abortion, and so Ted Cruz has said she's she's characterizing a miscarriage as a life-saving abortion simply because of Roe v. Wade. And I do agree with this. I do agree with, with his, his point here. And this is one of the things I cannot stand about abortion activists because they can't just be honest about what it is. You know, you're not, you're, you're choosing to end a life for other reasons. And the biggest one, actually really one, is that it's inconvenient to you at the time. It, most of these are done. And I've given you the stats over 99% as a form of, they're retconning birth control with abortion. That's what abortion is. It's retcon birth control. That's it. And they're conflating it with a miscarriage, which I find so abhorrent and so beyond the stretch of the definition and so insensitive and offensive to women who have suffered losses for children they desperately wanted, losses they did not choose. And to have this characterized as an abortion either to fit in to a political it's politically trendy now or something i just find that abhorrent and unscientific but science doesn't matter these days because remember the the earth is flat and things solutions that don't actually prevent uh transmission are called vaccines and uh just as you know you can sacrifice virgins in volcanoes you can throw money at quote-unquote climate change and solve it so i don't know cats and dogs living together mass hysteria Find me on Substack, chapter and verse. You can access it at danalash.com or all of my stuff is in the bio link of <laughs> my uh, social media profiles. So Denmark, this just in, has assessed that the Nord Stream gas leaks were caused by, and this is duh, were caused by a, quote, deliberate act and it could not have been the result of accidents. <sighs> 
Well, there we go. I mean, we knew that. So what does that mean? We're going to talk about that more tomorrow because, oh boy, it's just at this point, it's all the energy game. It's the energy game and energy is national security. And I'll, if anything else develops, I'll include that in uh, one of the emails that I send out to our subscribers. So, and one last quick thing. This was from, pull this up, I'm going to make sure, loudersound.com. And they had an interview with uh, Jim Root, Slipknot guitarist. This is interesting what he said. He was, in an, he was giving an interview and he was bemoaning, according to Louder Sound, what he sees as modern rock and roll's apparent lack of any establishment credentials, appearing to take a shot at Rage Against the Machine in particular. He said, quote, I thought rock and roll and punk and metal and all that stuff was meant to be anti-establishment against the man, and now it seems more and more like obey and do as you're told, sort of, and that seems backwards to me. Yeah. He goes, I hear a band saying, blank you, I won't do what you tell me, now telling me what to do, and, and, doing, and telling me to do what the government tells me to do. That seems backwards to me, end quote. Ooh! And uh, that is correct. That is absolutely correct. So thank you, Mr. Root. So tomorrow, like I said, we'll update you about that pipeline. We're also going to get into a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm already, we're already preparing for tomorrow. And we're watching that hurricane, and we are praying for everybody in its path in Florida. Today in Stupidity Kane. It's our Vice President, Kamala Harris. All right, she's talking about... Well, you know, I don't even know. Let's just listen to her and then see if we all can decipher what she's saying. But it is significant that we are here together in Tokyo. Um, in that, we also share a common goal and bond as it relates to our dedication to peace and security in the Indo-Pacific and the work that we will continue to do to ensure that we are guided by what we are joined in in terms of uh, international rules and norms around the importance of peace, security, and prosperity for the Indo-Pacific. Okay, what? Uh, All right. Man. Yeah? Word salad. Mm. More, I mean, she's endless with the word salad. Who is it? One of our listeners had said something about endless word salad more than a olive garden or something like that. (laughs) Infinite stick. (laughs) Infinite stick. All right. So, yeah, there you have it. So we uh, like I said, we got a lot of stuff that we're watching tomorrow. People, please don't leave your pets behind in Florida. I swear I will even help you myself. I mean, from Texas, how much I can. Uh, But there's always going to be help. So you don't need to do that. And I hope everybody stays safe because this is expected to start really, really hitting tonight and early tomorrow morning is when it makes landfall. We are praying for everybody in that storm's path. We'll update you with the latest tomorrow. God bless.